Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, it often happens nowadays that uh, lawyers will represent an animal or group of animals in court, the idea being to give them legal personhood. But now that idea has taken it one step further. A company that manufactures cleaners, shampoo and hair care products has given Nature itself a formal vote in corporate matters. Nature is represented by Bronte Ansel from Essex Law School. Bronte, good afternoon to you. Hello. Hello. So could you kind of tell us how it works, actually? Sure. So you're probably fairly familiar with a guardianship model for children, just going on your previous conversation, actually, following on from that. We know that children are entitled to have their voice heard in court proceedings, in matters that affect them. But obviously, the vast majority of children can't speak for themselves or they can't, um, you know, get Mm. their story across clearly. So we appoint a guardian for children routinely. Um, We also do the same with companies. So we allow companies to have a voice they they can lobby for example our politicians they can appear in court suing another company and the directors will speak on behalf of that company and decide what's in its best interest and really we've just transposed that fairly easy to understand model into um, nature itself so saying you know we we now believe that nature should have legal personhood it should have a voice and a vote mm. and we've transposed that idea by using the guardianship model to say that actually on this particular company, and we hope many, many more companies will follow, nature actually has a voice and a vote. And it's channeled, of course, through humans, because we, we, that's how we understand the world, through human language. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty um, tried and tested model that we've actually used. It's just the novelty is, is that nature now has a, a, an actual entity on the board speaking on its behalf. Right. OK. And so what kinds of decisions w- would they consider where, you know, how it will affect nature is taken into account? So that's a really good question. And we decided not to confine ourselves when we when we set the model up. So what we've done is we've asked the board to make a declaration if they think something is, is, is going to affect nature. But we can also say to them that we believe something affects nature. Now, in reality, almost everything a company does mm. could be traced back to nature. <laughs> That's what I was going to um, say. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, we, we've we adopted a fairly practical route here in that we've left that open-ended and we've opened our minds to what might affect nature. And we've asked the board to carefully consider its decisions and how it might affect nature and to call us into board meetings routinely and on extraordinary uh, issues as well so that we can give nature a voice. Now, that's not always to say that nature will be have the casting vote. That's quite a different thing. Mm. And, and some companies might ultimately do that. And this company has given nature one vote, one voice. So we, we regularly attend the board, but also we see the board outside board meetings and we talk to them about what how nature might be affected by their decisions. And that's an ongoing conversation. So 
just very quickly in terms of some examples we've just had a huge conversation with them around packaging and packaging pollution plastics and they're very very keen to address those issues and to give nature a voice on that as to what what they might do about their packaging journey Um, but just like things in nature some things move fast and some things move slow Um, so you know it's it's very much an ongoing conversation but it's a really exciting time for for the development of the rights of nature Mm. now in, in, in a situation where yeah, you might advocate on behalf of nature, but the, the board decides against your advice, uh, and I assume that's the end of it because you, you've only got one vote. But do, do they have to? Does it have to be public that they have decided to go against your advice? Yeah, so that's a really great question. So the vast majority of corporate law is is largely permissive for corporations. So in terms of the actual legal accountability, as long as companies generally pay their debts as they fall due, as long as they're generally enhancing shareholder value, nobody comes after them. And that's one of the reasons why we find ourselves in the middle of a climate breakdown. And so we talk to the board about this and we talk to the shareholders about this. And really, the only way to hold them to account if they go against the nature director, the nature guardian's viewpoint, is peer pressure in the public sphere. And we're so lucky with this company that they were really willing to do that. So they're really willing to publish their responses to nature, why they may have chosen to go against nature on a certain occasion. And they're also willing to rethink and reflect. So where they can't go with the Nature Guardian's view on one occasion, that's not the end of the matter. They are prepared to reflect on that decision and see if they can do better every single time. Yeah. And I think in the middle of a climate breakdown, you know, that's a great start, that that we will do better, we will listen harder, and you can come back and, and ask us to do it again differently. That's a really important thing and and being held to account in the public sphere is really important as well also as well i imagine this is no disrespect to you at all but you know nobody knows everything about everything so sometimes it could be inadvertent uh, um, effects on nature that people hadn't anticipated or there mightn't be enough expertise in the room to know if it will have an effect on nature absolutely yeah i i absolutely do not pretend for one minute that I have all the answers. Um, The way I see myself and Lawyers for Nature, which is the the official um, group that I work through, which is my company, is we're a conduit, we're a communication, um, you know, a channel for nature. And again, we're super lucky with this company in that they're very willing to have a committee of members behind me. And really, my expertise is in selecting the right people with the voices that need to be heard. Um, I, I definitely cannot answer all the questions. I definitely cannot decide what's best for nature in every circumstance. And, and just like my previous example, I'm not a packaging expert. I'm a lawyer. Mm. Um, and so we would call in eco-packaging experts and we'd ask them what's best for nature. And they would advise the board on that basis. Right. OK. And, and they have made that commitment that they will listen to, the, uh, to that kind of advice. They have. Yeah. Yeah. They're very keen to to have a committee of experts. And we're, we're keen at Lawyers for Nature as well to, to have experts come come to us and, and, you know, request that they come on to the committee. We don't even know who we need. And that's why my role is just to open the conversation and remain open-minded as, as to who should be on that committee. Yeah, I suppose there, there, there is, I mean, you did say yourself, you know, that one has to be kind of practical, even pragmatic about it. If they, if they put any of their products inside a vehicle, that's yeah. probably against the interest, the best interest of nature, unless it's a bicycle. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, we we tried 
we tried really hard with this to grapple with this and it's it's a really difficult conversation to have because obviously any time you're making a product that's anything other than food for humans and animals you enter into the conversation of should they even exist right mm. um and i think that that is something that we do need to grapple with and you know there's people out there talking about degrowth and things like that and and perhaps those experts need to have a voice as well in terms of you know how much product is produced how much water is being used this company in particular has made huge steps already doing things like reducing all of the um, hot processes so they don't use heat in their processes anymore they cold process which is a really big step for energy for example Um, so they're using far less energy in their products so I think it is a really difficult conversation to have. My job here is to make sure nature gets its rights and gets its voice. And I think it's going to be really interesting over the coming years to see where that voice takes us uh, and to see what happens next. But yeah, super difficult question. Yes, indeed. Yeah, no, I mean, because people think we're trying to keep it a secret, but the name of the company is Faith in Nature. It's just That's if we right. kept saying nature, it'd be confusing for the listeners which nature <laughs> we were uh, talking about. Uh, before I let you go, Bronte, I have to ask you, you, you've the coolest name I've come across in a long time. We are parents fan Thank of you. the author. Yeah, I think, um, well, I mean, it was the the late 70s, early 80s. So who knows what was going on with my parents? um, (laughs) I think there was sort of a a Wuthering Heights uh, romanticism with my mother. um, But also Green Card came out that year with Andy McDowell. And I think she was called Bronte as a a main character. So perhaps that was what it was. Okay, you didn't ask them? No, I think, funnily enough, we've never had the conversation. I, I, I just took it for granted that it was probably the authors that they liked. <laughs> All right, well, uh, it's a lovely name nonetheless. Bronte, thanks, William, uh, for speaking with us today. Thanks so much. Uh, that was uh, Bronte uh, Ansel there from uh, Lawyers for Nature, also a senior lecturer in law in Essex Law School. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. On News Talk.